0: I'm Keaton. I'm Laura. And we love stories and talking about stories. So we're looking at the Bible as a story that's filled with real people. And we're hoping that if we um, show
1: the human side of these people in the story, um, that we'll see God is real too. That's right. We wanna try to read the Bible with curiosity and maybe let our imagination do more work than it gets to do when we read scripture sometimes. So we're gonna start with the question, what did these people eat for breakfast? And we're going to see where it takes us. How did they start their day and how did the rest of the day go? Welcome to The Breakfast Translation. Here we go. This is it. Season three. Dun, dun, dun.
0: We're back.
1: We're back. (laughs) I hope that you, I hope you missed us.
0: I hope you've been reading your Bibles and eating breakfast. (laughs) Yeah.
1: I hope you felt a gaping hole in your soul from the absence of The Breakfast Translation podcast.
0: Yes, I hope everyone's been very devastated.
1: (laughs) (laughs) In addition to whatever other devastation you might have experienced. Mm -hmm. Um, I think we're starting on a real, real joyous note here. Uh, So what are we up to this season, Keaton? What are we going to do?
0: We are going back yet again.
1: That's right, because we like to go backwards.
0: Yes. So Um, we are in the Old Testament picking out some of our, some of our leading Characters, yeah, and some of our sneakier characters, right? Yeah, it's yeah. going to
1: be. Hopefully, we'll mix it up a little bit, like the the greatest hits, like the stories you would expect for us to talk about. But we're going to throw in uh, some lesser known stories too, and sit with them, and and why are they lesser known? Like what what's what's wrapped up in that? So, I'm excited about doing this because I feel like, and we talked about this a little bit with the the Hebrew scriptures. Some of these stories, there's just a lot more to work with. There's a lot more character development. Uh, for they're just longer than some of the New Testament stories that we that we played around with. So we get a little bit more uh, character development. We get some time to know some of these folks a little bit more than we do the folks in the New Testament,
0: which gives us a little bit more pressure to pick exactly the right breakfast. That's right.
1: <laughs> That's right. So we have to. I think. I think. I'm, my goal is to pick more varied and more specific breakfast selections, not just pancakes or waffles. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Some type of bread <laughs> item, I think is what this person. So I think we'll have fun with it. And I, I think even right away, we're going to get into, even though our intention is to, to do some imaginative stuff to make this maybe a little more engaging and fun than just a normal Bible study group. Um, it, we can also get into delicate, giant topics, uh, just by looking at these these stories because they do hold so much meaning. Uh, the implications from some of these stories are, are giant in some of our lives and in our society and in our churches. So, uh, I'm excited, uh, but nervous and all those things that you feel when you do a brand new thing. So let's ease into it. Okay. By just talking about, um, this is partly just about our love for stories also. Right. So, Have you seen any movies, TV shows, books? What's a favorite story that you've experienced in our off season uh, that you think other people might also enjoy? Any favorites?
0: I am only halfway through it, and so I cannot speak to the entirety of the series, but the bear has been so
1: special, and I think a lot of people think so, too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That was going to be mine. You stole my thing. Oh, no. We didn't talk before. (laughs) Yeah. I've been, uh, sometimes I wonder if, you know, there's a lot of conversation about what it means to be like an evangelical Christian who, like, wants everybody to know the same story that you know. Mm. And I, I ponder in myself if I'm an event because I don't have a lot of like I don't feel that tension that everybody needs to follow the same story I follow. Okay. But then I saw the bear,
0: and you said, and I was like, you wanted to pre- I was gonna <laughs> describe it as a holy experience. I but was like,
1: I want to make everybody I love watch the bear.
0: Right. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just in the midst of it, and I can tell it's a story of redemption, even though I haven't gotten there yet. And yeah. I'm just. I'm just thrilled, yeah. And being interested, newly into um, film and what it takes to video, and just they just are brilliant. The shots, the tension yeah. that you feel. Um, do you want to give a little bit of a brief? Yeah, I mean, on it, what for people is? who
1: haven't experienced the good news of the bear, <laughs> <laughs> it is. Uh, it's I watched it on Hulu. It's a I think it's a Netflix uh, production on Hulu, but it's this this young guy who has been climbing the ladder of being a chef. And has been at I think it's Noma. This is a that's a real restaurant in is Europe oh, that's like supposed to be the number one restaurant in the world. So this guy has been climbing that ladder. He's had success, but then his brother, who's been back home at Chicago, um, running the family business restaurant, his brother um, dies by suicide, and so the main character moves back home to. Almost to work out his grief and to work out that pain and that loss through the restaurant. Mm-hmm. And so what I've told, like when I've tried to get people to watch it, I've told people like it's a story about grief and addiction, but the characters in it don't know how to talk about that.
0: Yeah, but they sure know how to show that they don't know how to talk right. about it.
1: They're showing everything that like, I think you're, you're only halfway through, you said. That's right. So later in the season, there's some more like direct confrontation and conversation about what they're going through but for most of it you just feel this the pain you see the way that they indirectly are carrying out their frustration and their anger in their work relationships and in their in their friendships um and so i just think it's it's got so much goodness in it about just how hard it is to be a person Mm -hmm. um And so I, I love it. And especially when, when you do get to the end, we'll have to do a, the next time we record, by the time you're done, we'll have to, we'll have to talk about it a little bit more. Cause I heard somebody describe it as a gritty folktale. I think Mm. that was in the New Yorker review of it.
0: It does. It feels, it feels gritty, even though you're in a deli shop the whole time. That's right. Grit is the right word. The way that they talk to each other is crass and full of hate and love at the same time. It's very fascinating. I haven't seen anything pulled off quite like it
1: yeah it's there's just no storytelling quite like it and i i've loved a lot of things this year i feel like i have a list of a handful of of shows i really loved and tried to talk people into but that's at the top of my list okay uh, for Sorry sure to steal your thunder no that's great we i think share it, it i mean i'm happy like i said this could turn in maybe our next season what we'll is talk about the bear <laughs> you don't even have to, <laughs> to convert for, me what all the characters in the bear would have for for breakfast it also i mean it's not unrelated right because they're making food right and a and I think there's something in that about what it is to provide nourishment to people, the craft of making food together. Um, you know, you did you were a host right at a restaurant for a little while, so That's you know right. a little bit about what that restaurant work at B-dubs. is. Yeah, <laughs> no, we're not sponsored by the B Dubs, but <laughs> Thank um, you, Buffalo, not World yet. <laughs> um, but I I worked in the re- in a restaurant for all my grad school years, and the kind of connection you feel getting through a shift with people and like being in the trenches of restaurant work with people, it is a strong bond and you do hate a person one minute and love them the next. Like that's real. Um, and so I think it, it really feels honest and true to that working relationship of, of restaurant work. Um, all right. So next time that we record, we'll, (laughs) might be a little way down the path in the season, but we'll, we'll have a bear part two. Um, all right. So we're going to start right at the very beginning of the story. And speaking of tension and stress, <laughs> we're going to start right with one of the most thought about sections of uh, scripture. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. So hopefully um, nobody will get too mad at us. But, and everyone can
0: walk away feeling a hundred percent certain.
1: Yeah, that's right. Uh, Keaton's going to give us a definitive answer on creation versus evolution. So um, stay tuned. Stay tuned for that. It's going to be exciting, right? This is these opening chapters of the Bible. Uh, almost everybody has some working understanding of them, right? Because they're, they're foundational to our society. Uh, and especially if you have church connections or any kind of faith connections, this the idea that in the beginning god is a very big claim and so right here in the very beginning of the story you have this thing that changes the whole world if you believe it that in the beginning a god right? you don't even have to go much farther right to just have god something was there that, in the beginning yeah that feels worth you know having, having some tension over. Uh, but then in this first story of the first humans, cause we're going to get to Adam and Eve here, right? What would they have for breakfast? Uh, right, right away in this story, you have this tension of what is a story and is a story. Does a story need to be a factual accounting of everything exactly how it happened? Um, which there are, Faithful Christians who that's their understanding of the story is that either later or through the cooperation of God and human writers, we have a factual account of how creation happened. Now, uh, if you are a careful reader, you notice that the story in one and two is sort of different, right? That there's some different orderings. So right away you get this a little bit of a hint that we might be working with something different than what we would think of has like a note for note historical account. account. Yeah. And so there's, I always like to think of it as a spectrum, right? That there's a spectrum. There's the people who say it's a note for note, historical account of every single thing that happened at the beginning. The far end of the spectrum is that it's just poetry, but there's a lot of place to live in the middle Mm -hmm. (laughs) where what we are reading is the story that lasted the longest. That, whether it was, I I think it was in cooperation with God, but it was also the oral tradition of the Eastern culture that passed this story along that when they sat around and said, how did this thing get here? This is the story that they kept retelling. This is the story that answered so many questions for them about what it was to be a person. Right? So whether it's that day by day, six days creation account, or whether it's the, it's a poetic thing that captures the, the, truthiness of what it was true at the beginning it answers so many questions about who we are as people that it's lasted does that make sense
0: yes it absolutely makes sense
1: yeah so you want to take a you want to place yourself on take the spectrum Where, <laughs> yeah, on yeah. the scale of um, are you uh because you know we're here and we're recording at south in in south dayton we're not too far from um the noah's ark museum we'll talk about this on our next episode we get to noah But, you know, that creation account, the people who are they are people who've made a whole career out of arguing for that note by note accuracy. Mm -hmm. Um, And then there's people who've also made a career out of it being a a mythical poem that contains elements of truth. Yeah.
0: Right. I will say that in the past I've gotten pretty I think the word is hung up as I'm reading to stop every time I come across something that might challenge my idea of science or legitimacy. And so it causes me to stop and question. I lose what I know that I'm doing in that instance is I'm losing track of the story. So in my challenge to myself in this revisitation of the Old Testament is to set that down and to just read without that concern here. And I know it's important to um, slow down and challenge and be um, critical. But I thought, what if I what if I? let that rest so that I can feel what this feels like as a story.
1: Yeah. And I think that's what I love about it is let's say you you're in conversation with somebody who the, the note for note, historical accuracy does to not hold water with them. I think the approach of reading it as a story has so many good talking points.
0: Right. It might There's, give you access to people yeah. who are like, absolutely. I'm not going to believe. Exactly, And I understand. I totally empathize with the person being like, I'm not going to follow a religion where they say that the earth was created in seven days. And maybe that is, and whether or not there's truths to that or not, I understand why that might prevent them from yeah. entering the story. Yeah. So if I can find a way to connect with them otherwise,
1: that's yeah. lovely. I've always loved, um, you know, Donald Miller used to write, uh, theology books and he doesn't do it anymore. He writes like corporate marketing books, but in one of his early books, he wrote about how the big question of Genesis is not It's not the how many days or how many years or how old is the earth? The real question is like, why did people put on clothes? Mm. And, and when you think about that, like, that's the question that there may be people who it holds some key to their faith to believe that in a certain timeline or to believe that that God had a certain amount of control over all the elements, um, and I think that might be like more of a like a personality thing almost where you need that certainty and that clarity. But I always think that for a lot of us, the real question we're asking are questions about shame. There are questions about our own, like our struggle, like why we can't just fix the things about us that feel not right. There are questions about belonging. Um, they're they're the questions that I think this story actually does answer. Um, the, are we good is even Christians have, like, various reasons for answering that in different ways, right? And in the creation story, like, if you stop at Genesis 2, yes, we're good. Absolutely, we're good. And then you get to 3 and you go, oh, but we also, we can mess the story up with just a flip of a page, right? So I think even as we look at Adam and Eve, like, uh, are we talking about two real people who had a blood type and a shoe size and lived on the Yeah, I, I don't know the answer to that. And I, my own personality is I don't need to know the answer to that. I think the, the people of faith, the community of faith was trying to pass along to us. Here is the, the truest story we've ever heard about what it might mean to be people and what it might mean to be made by a God. And so they kept telling it because it felt the most true and has felt the most true. So from that perspective, um, that's what we're going to look at with Adam and Eve. But I just think it's fun. I, I appreciate what you're doing as far as like, because even just looking at it, it has a story, there's a lot of goodness here. It's a fun, like the idea that they are told, um, here's all these trees and there's just one that you can't eat from and that that's the one they... They're like, oh, oh really that tree, that one. you know, <laughs> uh, and then, the, you know, even when you get into the fall story, the thing I've always thought is interesting about that is that the serpent makes this promise to them to say, if you eat from that tree, you'll be like God, but we've already heard that they're made, made in the in image of image. God. Yeah. So they're believing this lie. So the the very first mistake they make is to believe this lie about whether they're good or not and whether they're carrying, bearing the image of God. Um, so let's have some, let's, let's try to like back away from the timeline a little bit okay. and just go into it as a story. Cause as we try to, again, part of this breakfast exercise is to think about them as people. Yes. So we know these, these bullet point things about them. We know that Adam was, uh, shows up on the scene and that he is given this charge to name the animals and to, to kind of have good work in front of him to work the land a little bit. Uh, Eve shows up, has this, has a partner to him, has, um, a kind of a co-conspirator in taking care of the, the creation in front of them and to keep him from being lonely. Like that's a big piece of why, um, they're both together, which again, whether that's actual two people or whether that's these figureheads, that's really beautiful mm-hmm. that it's not just a one person story, that it's a two people story, um, then then we have these beats that we know, right? That they, they eat this one thing that they're not supposed to have. And then there they experience a separation from God that at one point it says that God is close enough that they can hear God rustling through the leaves. That's how close their relationship is. And then all of a sudden they feel shame. Um, so let's just think about, I thought it would be kind of fun for us to just imagine if we can a little bit, what it would have been like to be the first people, uh, to be the first ones to be in a world, um, Was there anything that you thought of, like, it would be fun to be the first people to experience this?
0: What came to mind is I think it would be incredible to be the first people to discover weather, I suppose, or the sky, because I think it would be so fascinating to get somewhere. You're trying so hard to gather all of your bearings and be like, okay, this is where I'm at. This is so amazing. There's so much stuff around me. This is the sky. And then a couple hours later, you're like, oh, wait this isn't the sky anymore. This is a new sky. Yeah. A few hours pass. This is a new sky. And then finally you probably get that cyclical system of, okay, night, day, night, day. And then all of a sudden it storms. Yeah. I just think that's, yeah. And, that and would what would you, would you be
1: nervous about the rain hitting you? Would you be? Yeah. Cause I also thought of not necessarily rain, but just water, like the first lake they came upon or the first river that, that I imagine them like dipping their toe and trying to see, can you walk on this stuff? Like and falling in, right? Because um, they don't know, right? They don't have any. It's hard for us to even imagine that, that 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 level of exploration and curiosity that they got to experience, right?
0: Texture and temperature, and yeah, wow. Um, the first joke, like interacting the first <laughs> yeah. time that they f- thought something was funny. I wonder yeah. what it felt like to, especially because it seems like they were born as adults, yeah, in this literal version so
1: yeah I wonder if any if either of them tripped before they fell <laughs> you see what I did there mm-hmm. yeah I don't know if I'm proud of it or not mm-hmm. but um you can decide when you do the editing if that's okay, a good joke or not stays <laughs> yeah. but yeah when if would Eve have laughed if Adam tripped um I think so uh let's talk about what they would have had for breakfast right they've got a whole garden in front of them so what do you like, so we have some realistic idea, yes, that they maybe get to have the purest breakfast. Right. Um, without even really looking at them as characters or their personhood, it's kind of fun to think that they might have been the first ones to figure out that you could eat the stuff off of some of like some of the trees. Right. You could maybe pick that fresh grapefruit. Like have you ever been in a -- I remember I had my mom's aunt and uncle in Arizona had a grapefruit tree in their backyard. And so every morning you would just go outside and pick the fresh grapefruit off of the tree. And I I think it's fun to think that that's a little bit of what's available to them is all the fresh food you could eat. Right. Right. And they got to be the first ones to figure out what tasted sour and sweet. Mm -hmm. You know, there's no signs at the grocery store that tell them um, what's good or bad.
0: Yeah. They acidity level. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I picture I picture Adam. Um, having known what it was like to be by himself, do I, do do they define how much time passed between before he got? Even? I it's think like again, it's different in up the up chapter
1: the... one versus two. Okay, it, yeah,
0: because I I just picture him exploring and finding out a lot of those things on his own, and then all of a sudden he knows what it's like to eat by himself. Then he gets a buddy, and yeah. then in the and every morning he's like, and try this, and yeah. the next morning and try this. So. Yeah.
1: Have we ever talked about, um, I, I'm not quite as fascinated with it now, but I used to be very fascinated with sitting in a coffee shop and watching people's faces when their friends showed up. Oh. <laughs> like It's a, it's a very, it's a very fascinating thing because people would just be like face down at their laptop or their book or whatever. And then just watching somebody transform when their friend gets there. Right. And like this person who you maybe have only just seen there nondescript like no smile no moving in their face no animation and then their friend comes (laughs) and they like burst to life right
0: their personality yeah and
1: they become a a fuller you know more alive version of themselves and i think that's a little bit of what i hope it was like you know for adam and even those in those early days um i i also mad they you know they get to have the hot off the vine grape juice if they want it uh, so I like and to they think gave of that them. that up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's hard to say because it's not total. This is another thing that's not really clear. There is some sense of an expulsion. Right. They left. Yeah. That they are they're sent away. That they it they don't get to have as pure of a experience as they started with. Right. And so um, they end up kind of having to migrate away from this perfect setting. So um, they may have had to shift. Uh, and then their story becomes sort of tragic. They, they have these two children, there's one of their son murders, another son, they end up having another son. And then of course it's the beginning of the population of the earth. So everything shifts for them. Um, but one of the things, because it is like, again, this is where, whether you're a person who thinks it's a day by day, there's a guy named Adam and a guy and a lady named Eve, or whether you're the, it's a mythic, wherever you are on that spectrum, it, it is a story about what it means to want something, you know, and I think it does raise some questions for us about that feeling we have. What do we do with the fact that if somebody tells us we can't have something, (laughs) we instantly want that thing. Right. So there's some part of that we connect to. Um, but also, was there anything good in them wanting something different than what they had, right? Because part of our, our podcast is it's not just about the breakfast you have. It's about the breakfast you want. You know, do you have some—there was something that they felt lacking that the serpent is able to convince them they need, right? So even this, like, fresh-off-the-vine grape juice, this hot-off-the-presses grapefruit, even this paradise— Some part of them still felt a wanting. Um, And I think I grew up, you know, in a world of thinking that as humans, it was wrong to really want anything. But then in reality, I see people buying houses and getting married and having kids and uh, having dessert and, you know, like wanting things. Uh, have you ever wrestled with that? Like whether, whether it's with this story or just in life, are we allowed to want something we don't have? No, have you ever absolutely. wrestled with that? I also
0: f- always felt like it was a, a Christian sensibility too, that mm-hmm. Christians, and then there's a freedom in not, and learning how to not want, but right. I guess I always attribute that, that to physical possessions. And I just remember wrestling with that and then rejecting, rejecting things for a long time. And then more recently I started to realize that when I earn a paycheck and I get like a jacket that I really like, yeah. I, and it, I, I thought that that's always supposed to feel bad and it never is fulfilling. But I really learned to love that jacket <laughs> that I got. So it's been sort of a confusing, yeah, a confusing journey. And I know that's a minimalistic level, but yeah.
1: Well, because there's, there's got to be again. If it is a spectrum, there, there has to be some degree of wanting that's good, right? It makes
0: you grow. Yeah. Makes you want. I want to. um, yeah, I want to be a better friend, or I want to have more friend, or, and that motivates you to have community, right? Know.
1: Well, and like if we did go back to again, we're because we're time traveling in awkward ways, but <laughs> you go back to the world of the New Testament, and you have James saying, "If you want wisdom, ask for it." Right? So, if you there, there are these descriptions of a, a life you might want or you might crave for. Uh, something you might want different in the world around you. You might want justice. You might want righteousness. You might want love. Um, But I do think this story sets into motion uh, a a tension we all kind of feel, which is, is it wrong to want things? And then we know that, that sometimes it is. Like sometimes we want things that are not good for us or we want things we know we can't have. But it's not always as clear cut as the one tree. You know, sometimes it's messier to work that out. Mm-hmm. Um and to navigate what's okay to want to not want for ourselves. But I think we probably answered all of that.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think I I feel good <laughs> going forward. I know what I can want and can't want now.
1: Yeah. I I do think we're gonna get into a lot of uh a fun the I find the old testament to be such a good place to start conversations. Mm-hmm. And I I never find a clear like, finish to a lot of them. And I think that is what makes me actually love the Bible. That God could have said, okay, here's what it means to be a person. Here's the 10 things. I mean, we do eventually get 10 things, like <laughs> <Eight laughs> commandments or something. <laughs> yeah. But even those, it's still, there's still some room to move around. But, you know, I, I do think the fact that the Bible is a story uh, is very valuable. And important to me and that there's, there is freedom to read it uh, in community with each other and to come to different places when we read it together. Um, Just the way that if you're at the breakfast buffet, some people want a pancake and some people want an omelet.
0: There's no right, right. <laughs> There's
1: no right answer, except no right answer, except the gra- final, except answer. the grapefruits are, are gross. So, um, maybe a fun thing if you're with other people, you know, to, to talk about is like, what do you, have you ever wanted something that you, you couldn't decide if you were supposed to have it? But also I think that what would be fun to experience for the first time? Would it be rain? Would it be an animal? Would it be uh, mud? You know the first time the dirt uh puddles got disgusting, <laughs> yeah, like what would be fun, I think especially with kids that'd be a fun you know what is what was what's the funnest thing to explore in the world together uh so we're getting started if you want to read along with us, uh get a year in a Bible and a <laughs> start that's always a fun uh reading genesis that's where like all the stories are, and then you get into the genealogies and middle of January and check out and but. you
0: just skip. <laughs> yeah.
1: But I think what's, I will just make an argument that so right after this, we're going to get a bunch of genealogies and I just, I have made the argument for a long time that those are pretty sexy. Mm. What you're seeing is like, right. It's all this partnering up. Yeah. Right. It's, <laughs> so it looks real boring. It's yeah. But it's also loaded with first kisses and you know, awkward dates. I'm sure are hiding in the genealogies. Um, And again, this is the way God is going to work is through the messiness of begatting uh, and and people having breakfast together. So uh, thanks for joining us on the Breakfast Translation.